we thank you, Lord, for your greatness, God. Lord, we've been a witness to your goodness. And we just thank you today, God.
just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus yes I do cause I just want to speak the name of Jesus so every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom That's why we say it, we speak Jesus Cause we know that your name is power Your name is healing Your name is You break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Cause I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Come on over everything, right now the name, over fear and all anxiety has to go in his name. To every soul held captive by depression Oh, we declare we speak Jesus yeah, yeah. Your name is power Jesus, your name is healing Your name is life You break every stronghold Shine through the shadow Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, and Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus. 
Every stronghold, break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fuck. Once one more time, just receive from the Lord today. Your name is power, your name is power, your name is here. We receive it now, your name is love. Break every stronghold, Lord, you break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Burn in us today, God, with your power, with your healing, with your love over us, God. Come on, somebody, just lift a shout to the Lord. Declare the victory of God in this place today. Amen. Amen. What is so encouraging in Philippians 2, it tells us, it encourages us. You can read that up on the, on the screen, but it says that therefore that God exalted him to the highest place, that his name is above all things, all people, all places, all things. But Jesus, the name of our Lord is above everything in your life today, everyone. His name is a strong tower. It is a, it is a, it is a powerful name that is above all. And I wanna encourage you today, 
that whatever's going on in your life, whatever you're going through, it just, just shout out the name of Jesus. Let him be the Lord of your life. Let him be the Lord of your circumstance. Let him be the Lord of the battles that you're facing because he is above all things. And we need to appeal to the courts of heaven, appeal to the King of kings and the Lord of lords for him to, to just give us our pathway forward, for us to give us direction, to give us our comfort and our peace. That's what we want to do. We want to appeal to the name of Jesus. And so can we just one more time this morning applaud him for his name, that his name is above all things. And everybody, this is truth. I'm not just saying this. This is the absolute truth that his name is above. Come on, let's shout like he is the victory of our lives. Come on, don't hold anything back. Just give him the glory, the honor, and the praise. God, we exalt you, Jesus, our Savior, our We turn to you, God. Be our confidence and our strength. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Wow, I'm so glad I'm here today. Anybody else glad you're here in church? Awesome. Well, hey, why don't you just turn to the people that are right by where you're at. Just say, I'm glad to be here. Glad you're here. And uh, we'll be right back in just a moment. All right, good morning, everybody. So glad to see you. It's Mother's Day in this house. I think it's probably one of my favorite Sundays of an entire year. It's whenever we have an opportunity uh, to celebrate and honor the mamas that are in the house. You know, there's this great verse in Ephesians 6 that says that, that to honor your mom is really important because it's the first commandment with a promise. There, there is a promise that is attached to that. Uh, and so we're claiming those promises today, honoring them. We, if you're visiting with us, welcome to Christian Life Church. I'm Ron Keridoff, I'm the pastor here. And uh, we are so glad that you are here. If you guys are online, welcome to Christian Life Online. Everybody give them a warm welcome, if you would. All right, so just a couple of things I wanna uh, say to you. First of all, is that there's this little uh, get connected card. We've gone high tech at Christian Life. And so you can scan the QR code. It's going to open you up to an online welcome card. And there you can um, just get connected with us. All things in Christian Life will be found there. You can uh, do an offering there. Also, let me just, just say this to you. Um, if you are a guest, we would love for you to fill out the information there, pass it on. We'll get somebody who will want to welcome you to Christian Life. 
And, uh, and also, I want you to uh, know that just this past week, like I told you last week, we were going to send a check off to the Malinke Jula, and we sent a check off for $10,000, our first $10,000. That's right. And so at the same time, we also sent off our offering to the Wall-Off. And so we're still carrying on with that ministry. Uh, these are two unreached people groups that Christian Life has adopted in Western Africa. And so we are very much committed with many others that are uh, reaching the unreached people. Uh, and so we'll be, I'm sure, giving you really good reports on that. If you want to give... Um, uh, feel free to do that. There's up on the screen behind me is all the ways that you can give. And we would be delighted if you uh, would like to honor God with your tithes and offerings uh, today on Mother's Day. Did y'all have some good coffee? So I woke up this morning and um, we were out of coffee at my house. I mean, like, like completely out of coffee. And so... Um, I usually, we, me and Carrie are kind of coffee snobs, so I usually have really good coffee, and we were out, and so I had a bad attitude about it, and so I bought some cheap coffee when I got here, and one of the ladies, I'm not going to name her, Tanya on the front row, I'm sorry, I wasn't supposed to name her, <laughs> Tanya's, she was just holding her coffee in front of my face like this and said, did you get your cheap coffee this morning? I'm like, Tanya, you're touching a nerve today. But no, I did not drink the mama's coffee. I had the poor husband's coffee, the daddy's coffee this morning. Everybody, today you really are in for what I consider a a humongous Christian life treat today. Um, You know, in the New Testament, uh, I don't know if everybody realizes how many prominent women there were that served and led in the New Testament. I'm talking about people like Lydia, who basically was the spearhead for a movement within her city and hosted and pastored uh, a congregation within her own house. Aquila and Priscilla, a teaching team that traveled from one city to the next. The husband and the wife both taught. I said the wife both taught. They both taught. Uh, Phoebe, which was an amazing woman of God in the New Testament. I could go on and just name them over and over. And you know, uh, at Christian Life, we have a lot of prominent women that serve God in this church. And I am uh, always humbled and thankful for all of the prominent women who lead, serve, teach at Christian Life. And we should thank God for them right now. Yes. And this morning, you're going to hear from one of those prominent women, one of our staff pastors, Emily Hanks, is going to share the word this morning. <laughs> y'all, never, y'all never cheer for me like that, but if you're going to do it, come on, everybody, just stand to your feet, and let's just honor Emily. We'll honor the women that are here at Christian Life. Hey, and, and, and just remain standing. I want, I, want you to, I want you to hear something from my heart. You know, years ago, um, my wife, Carrie, who has ca- got called out to work at the hospital today, she's birthing babies on Mother's Day. I don't know if she's watching. Hey, Carrie, we're glad that you're tuned in. Um, 
Carrie said to me, you need to hire Emily Hanks. <laughs> and she has said that on more than one occasion. You need to do this. And I'm like, you blew her off. I'm like, I don't know. She's a school teacher. What could she do to help us? And, <laughs> and, but Carrie kept on, you need to hire Emily Hanks. And then I, so I began to talk to Jesse and Emily. You know, Jesse's a great man of God. He's working the sound back there. Uh, he has the power to mute her. I know, so that's what I think you're up here talking about honoring women, but I'm like, they still gave my husband the power to mute my voice on Mother's Day, just in case. If you're gonna minister. (laughs) Oh, he's got jokes, everybody. That's so funny. One of the prereqs of a woman preaching is that she's gotta be submitted to her husband. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Everybody, so I can't tell you how many things that Emily has done that that has brought uh, new levels at Christian Life in the ministry here. And those of you that know that she is a multi-gifted person. And uh, years ago, I began talking to her. I said, like, if you're going to serve here, you're going to have to teach. You're going to have to speak. You're going to have to preach. She's like, no, no, no. And so, I mean, this went on for years <laughs> until finally last year. I said, it's happening this year. And do y'all remember? I signed her to speak on Father's Day last year. And it became, it has become probably one of the most requested messages. If you haven't heard it, you should listen to it last a year. I'm not, I'm not trying to set you up for failure here today, <laughs> but that was big. And I just thought how um, appropriate it would be uh, for Emily to pastor us on, on Mother's Day today. Stretch your hands out toward her and let's just pray for her. She's a little nervous. Lord, we thank you for Emily, for all of her gifts, for the heart that she has for God's people, for the devotion that she is demonstrating day in and day out for this church and this ministry, for this body. And we are thankful for her, Lord. And we pray right now for every heart to be opened to receive, um, Lord, the word as it comes forth, as she pastors us through the teaching of God's word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, let's go. All right, let's go. Thank you, guys. It really is so fun to be in this seat Uh, again. Like you said, I I did preach last year on on Father's Day, and it was terrifying, Um, but also a blast. I had the best time afterwards. I thought, I cannot wait to do this again. I just, it was so much fun. And then our lives kind of took a pretty big swerve right after that. And so, you know, it's kind of been a slow roll to get back here, but I really am so thankful for the grace of God and the love of my church family uh, to be able to be here today. So it's Mother's Day. It's really Ladies' Day in the house. I think we all have somebody that we're a mother to, whether you're a mama or you are um, a spiritual mama or anything like that. I think that today honors us all. Uh, but you can't talk about 
uh, Mother's Day or Mamas without talking about seasons, right? The seasons of motherhood and, and life comes in seasons. In fact, when I was first a brand new mama, you know, I would go through a challenge. I had no idea what I was doing. And I had this little baby and I would have, you know, come to something I didn't know what, what to do. And I talked to my friends and they're like, oh, I know it's just a season. It's just a season. I know you're not sleeping. It's just a season. I'm like, somebody say season one more time. Okay. Because this doesn't feel like a season. But it's true. Uh, funny story. Um, we had our first child in 2010, Reed, baby Reed. And, you know, they don't tell you everything when you're, you're pregnant. They keep some things from you so that, that you're not just shocked. Well, for, like, I would say at about month three to four, that baby child cried from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. every night. Every night. They call it the witching hour, which is could not be more appropriate, I feel like, for the name for that two-hour period of time. I would, I, would, I would, you know, use one of those baby carriers and strap the baby on. We would walk. We would bounce. Lights on. Lights off for two hours every night for months. And, you know, what would happen is my husband would get home from work at 7 o'clock, and I would meet him at the door with the blessed child in my hands, stretched out to him like Lion King, like, take the child. <laughs> And do you know what would happen? This is what would happen as soon as his daddy got him. I have a picture. No, no, no. I worked so hard for two, nine months and then two hours every night. And he would get in his daddy's arms and he'd pass out. And I took a picture. I remember taking this picture. I remember it so vividly because I thought to myself, I want to remember this season because it's going to go by like that. And I have another picture. This is blink of an eye. This is us now. This is my family. That's my husband. And that baby child is that giant kid right there next to his daddy, who's probably taller than most of you in this room. He's 12, almost 13. And then that's my baby, Rylan. And of course, that's me. And this is this past Easter. And, and so it's seasons, right? Wherever you are today, whatever is happening in your life, it is a season because it will change. I, I think my husband and I, the minute that we, you know, get to where we feel like we're cruising, like everybody's good, everybody's healthy, finances are good, all the things, boom, season change. And that ever happened to anybody else? Just me? Feels like just when you get your rhythm, it changes. And so I just want to say, you know, as I was preparing for this message that you know, it's wonderful to be a pastor at this church because you get to do, I get to do life with you. I get to know your wins and your losses, your challenges. And I couldn't, you know, prepare this message without just seeing so many faces, so many scenarios in my mind of things that I know that are going on in your lives that are related to motherhood. And this is not just if you're a woman. This is also, everybody's got a mama, right? So you're, if you're here today, you have a mom. And so we all, mother, Mother's Day affects us all in some way. And, you know, for me today, um, it was a kind of a unique Mother's Day. For the first time in like almost 22, 23 years, I woke up in the same house as my mama this morning. Yes. And my mom is here today, everybody. Yes. So like I said, last year after Father's Day, our life kind of took a little bit of a swerve. My mom has been dealing with an autoimmune illness for the past two years. And after Father's Day last year, she took a fall and she has not walked since. And so we felt like it was time for us to, to, to change some things up. New season, right? Boom, new season. 
we're going to sell two houses at the same time and we're all going to move in together so we can better care for her. And um, I'm, I'm super proud and happy to say that she's so tough and she is back to, I mean, functioning just almost completely on her own. It's such an honor to be able to live with your mom and care for her, but she really doesn't need me that much anymore. Um, but we're just praying and believing that the walking is coming. Can you guys just agree with me right now for that? Yes. But it's a season, you know, just as, as hard as it was for a little bit when she couldn't do things by herself, then, then here we are in a season of healing and, and working back to getting full function. But I was thinking about some of you, and I just thought I would list just some of the things that came to mind right away when I was thinking about motherhood. We've got new mamas in the house, rocking those babies in the middle of the night. Maybe you've got a witching hour that you're... Uh, working through, I'm sorry, it is a season. I know, say season one more time, but it is. It's a season, and you've probably got a, a daddy next to you that's really tired too. We've got mamas of littles who are in that really unique stage of kind of being homebound with your kids, raising your babies. You're like, will my life ever be normal? Will, do, do my friends remember that I exist? I'm still here, but my life is, you know, tied to my home. Moms of uh, teenagers, okay, what? <laughs> We can have like group therapy after this. I don't know. I'm, we're, we're about to have a teenager in the house. And I'm just kidding, buddy. I, I have the best kids on the planet, truly. Um, but it, it's challenging. Uh, moms who just graduated their babies from high school and college. Hey, moms in the room who just graduated. We have a bunch of those moms who just put themselves back through school. Yes. Amazing. Some of you are struggling how to not parent your adult children who you'd really like to just sit and time out and give them a spanking. But you're trying to navigate that season well. Some of you are grieving the loss of your mom today and you miss your mama. Some of you are grieving the loss of a child today. Mother's Day's hard, the loss of a pregnancy. Uh, caring for your ailing or aging moms. Some of you are desperately hoping for a baby. You're wondering why it's happening for everybody else and not for you. Some of us are blending families and you're figuring out how to be a stepmom. Some of you have had to set up a hard boundary with your mom. Maybe the relationship is really rocky. And some of you, praise the Lord, are just celebrating your mom today because it's easy, it's wonderful, they're here with you, they're, but you know, wherever you find yourself in that, you know, wide variety of scenarios today, that I'm sure if something I said probably affected everybody. And so I just want to pause before we get into the word, and I just want to pray. I just want to pray for all of us um, as before we jump into to the message. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the beautiful seasons of motherhood. I thank you that each one of us are here today because there was a mama in our lives. And Lord, I just pray blessing over every scenario, every emotion today that is related to this call of motherhood. I just pray you'll speak to hearts. You'll give peace, comfort, joy today, Lord, uh, because we're here for you. Our focus is on you. Our attention is on you. And we're just so thankful that you have called us family. So I just pray a blessing over each person in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so what I want to talk about today is seasons, but I want to talk about the hard seasons of life, because those are the ones where we're typically like, how long, 
God, how long are you going to keep me here in this season? How long is it going to last? It's not usually when we're like laying on the beach and, you know, relaxing that we're like, how long, God, do we have to stay here? This is when we're going through something that's difficult and we're, we're asking God, how long is this season going to last? I simply cannot understand and then you fill in the blank. And so for me and my family, we've been walking through the last two years, really like five years, some really tough stuff. And I've found myself, if I'm being honest, asking myself this question a lot. How long, God, is this season going to last? And if I'm walking with you through a season, uh, you know, we've probably been grappling with this together. And I may have challenged you Uh, to go a little bit deeper into your season and figure this out. And this is what I'm asking myself now, because I feel like as I have progressed from, you know, and matured in the Lord, and we're all still growing, right? So this is important that the Lord has gently, lovingly guided me to, instead of being so focused on, on this, you know, just how long, I'm asking myself, how do I make this season matter? How do I come to the end of this season and be like, yes, that was the purpose. How do I give it value and make it have meaning? How do I make it count for something? Because I just don't feel like that as believers, people that love the Lord, that what happens when we get to a hard season of life is that God wants us to come to that season and just be like, hold our breath, close our eyes until it's over, right? We are, we are people that are clothed with power. We are not weak. We are not called to just hold our breath and wait it out. God has something for us in every season of our life. And so I want to look at a scripture, a really familiar scripture today, uh, because I feel like God defines for us how to make the seasons of our life matter. So like I said, this one's probably really familiar. This is Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to, the, to his purpose. And probably you, like me, if you've ever been in a challenging season, you've probably used this verse, and, but it's usually in the context of something like this. God, this situation that I'm in is horrible. I'm exhausted, but I trust that you're gonna work something out for my good. I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel. Will my circumstances ever change? Will this season last forever? Nevertheless, I trust you, God, you're gonna work this out for my good. I've suffered a great loss. My heart is broken. I'm grieving. But I trust God that you're going to work this out for my good. Have you ever prayed something like that? Kind of with that mindset. If we're honest with ourselves, the good that we are trusting God for is the perfect ending to this season that we have created in our minds. Let me give you an example. So uh, several years ago, when that little baby was born, my husband was on the road full-time as a musician. And so when we became parents, we decided that we wanted a different kind of life for our family. We didn't want to only see each other two days a week. So he came off the road with really not a plan for how we were going to make ends meet or get a job. He took a job that was going to be just like a part-time, intermittent thing just to get us through into the next season of whatever that looked like for him in his career took this job, and seven years, seven years later, we were still asking the Lord, how long? How long? This has been a long time, God, how long? You know, job interview after job interview, doors closed, a door that seems to be open, this is it, closed in our face, disappointment, him just struggling, you know, as a man, what in the world? How long? 
but we trust you, God, that you're going to work this out for our good. And that was kind of the mentality that I was praying with, that the good that he was going to work out from this situation of waiting and waiting and disappointment was that at the end of the day, when we come to the end of the season, that there was going to be this awesome job that was better than anything that we had even applied for, and it was going to solve all of our problems, and we were going to be financially stable, and everything was going to be great. I had decided, God, I trust you, but I'm trusting you to make sure that this is how it ends. I don't know if any of you have ever done that, but you've already assigned in your mind what the good is that's coming when you're praying that. But I want to read this verse again, because when we take verse 28 out of isolation, you know, we just did this with the series, the Twisted series, where we took some common scripture that we sling around a lot, and we put it in context, and we actually pull the real meaning out of it. I think when we take 28 out of isolation and tack on 29, it helps us answer some of these questions that for me, really, this promise in Verse 28, it brings up some questions in my mind, and I think 29 helps us to answer those questions. We're going to answer two questions. We're going to answer, number one, what is God's purpose, who he has called according to his purpose? Well, what is that? Number two, for the good, what is good? So look again, Romans 8, 28 and 29, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Okay, y'all remember I was a teacher, he just said that. So we're going to walk through this a little bit more slowly. So we know that we know that we know. This is our unshakable confidence. This is something that we know that in all things, this is every season of my life, good and bad. That God works for the good, we're going to define that in just a second, for those who love him, those us as believers, those who love him, this is a promise for believers who have been called according to his purpose, and we're going to define that as well. And in 29 it says, for, which means because, because those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That means to be more like Jesus to look more like Jesus, act more like Jesus, talk more like Jesus, think more like Jesus. Why? So that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. It's like Pastor Ron always says, Jesus is the trailblazer of our faith. So the firstborn among believers, he is God. He comes and becomes human and then models for us what it looks like to be conformed to that image, just like he says, but also Firstborn among many brothers and sisters means number one, supreme, first chair, first place in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. So today we're talking about the challenging seasons of our life, these how long, God, seasons, and how not to spend every moment just wishing it away. I just wish that the season would be over, but instead we want to give it some purpose and meaning to our pain and to our suffering and to our waiting and how long, God, we want to do that today. And so just in full transparency, like I said earlier, I've had a lot of those moments over the past maybe five years where I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. This is a really boom, boom, just thing after thing. And I haven't handled all of those seasons so well. 
I have some moments that I'm super not proud of. But I think when God began to lovingly guide me into this place where I'm not just waiting for it to be over and look like exactly what I want it to look like at the end, that I began to explore and dig in, what does this promise really mean that you're going to work everything out for my good? Because this doesn't feel good. And I don't feel like you're working anything out. And so this is how I have sort of come to this that I wanted to just share with you today. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to look at what is God's purpose? I think that's the first thing we have to define because this all centers around what is God's purpose? We've been called according to his purpose. And the answer is that God's purpose is his glory. When this verse says you are called according to his purpose, his purpose is his own glory. You and I, we were created by the almighty God to reflect his image to the world. That means when somebody encounters you and looks at you and talks to you, they encounter a reflection of God. They feel like they know him better because they know you. Isaiah 43, 6 and 7 says, Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth, everyone who's called my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. When someone asks you, the, you, know, asks you do you know why I was created? And you ask yourself, do I know why? Why am I here? You are here for his glory. I mean, what a beautiful assignment to make him known to make him famous so that every person would know the Lord. I was thinking back to um, a vacation that we took with our kids. We went to Yellowstone. Anybody ever been to Yellowstone? Oh man, you gotta go. It's incredible. But we were, we were doing a, like a rafting tour down the Snake River. We stayed in Jackson Hole and we were right there at the Grand Tetons. I'd never seen anything like this. And I remember standing in front of those mountains and just being like, oh my goodness. This is the most beautiful thing. This just, Lord God, you are so good. Oh my goodness, I cannot even believe how creative and majestic you are just by looking at the beauty of the mountains. Do we think that God has a bigger assignment for the mountains than he has for us? People should look at us and be like, wow, God is good. Wow, God is kind, he's generous. We have an assignment and that assignment is to reflect the glory of God. This is where the tension lies a little bit though, you know, because it says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means that we are falling short of the very reason we were created, our assignment, our purpose, because of our sinful nature. That's why we're lost before we come to Christ. We are literally created to do something that we can't do on our own in our flesh and in our sin. And so we know when we're saved and we come to Christ, it happens instantly. There's nothing that you have to do. It's a gift by grace. It's beautiful, just like that. But there's a life that's still a mess that needs to be worked out. And these are the seasons of your life that are good and bad, that God is using every single one of those seasons for his glory. His glory is his purpose. And, and that's what we're talking about today. You know, there's a, Pastor Ron always says this, it always makes me laugh, but things work better when they're doing what they're intended to do. Like you can have a pair of scissors and try to cut the grass, but it's going to take you forever. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be long. It's 
not what they were created for. And you might be living your life in a season right now where you feel like life is hard, this is taking forever, it's long, it's miserable. Maybe we need to step back and ask, how can I bring him glory as what his purpose is for me, his intended purpose to bring him glory. His purpose is his own glory. How can I do that? How can I make my season matter? I never wanna assume that everybody that's sitting in this room today is a believer that knows the Lord. Um, You may have been dragged here by your mama today. And so you might say, this sure does sound like what I thought God would be like. He always after is his own glory. That doesn't sound like a very loving, kind God. But what we have to understand is that there are people that are going to hell. And they have not made a decision to follow Christ, even in this room today. And those are the people that he's after. Just like he was after you before you got saved. God knows that when his glory is on display, lives are changed and people are saved. And there is nothing more loving than a God who would desire that for his people. This is a loving God and he knows that when you see his glory, lives are changed, your life is changed. So let's revisit. So we're talking about how do I navigate the seasons of my life that are challenging today? How do I make them matter? How do I come to the end and feel like there was purpose? Yes, this stinks, but I know that this is for good. And so that brings us to question number two, which is, what is good? I think that we find this answer in 29. It said, God is working things out for good because those he foreknew and predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. God's good for you is when you are conformed to the image of his son. That is the good now, why? Why is that the good? Why is it not good, the good, not that I get to the end of the season and I have this great job, or I get to the end of the season and I've gotten the healing I was after, or I've gotten to this end of, end of this season, you know, in this relationship that I'm in that was rocky is fully restored. All, all the, why is that not the thing that's good? Why is it this? Remember, his purpose is that we glorify him and we do that. We glorify him best when we look, act, speak, and think like his son. Remember who he sent to be the firstborn among us, to pave the way and be elevated to the first place in our lives. And you know, I love this. I love this so much because Jesus, who is fully God, fully man, you know, he did a lot of cool things while he was on earth, right? All the miracles, healing, signs, water into wine, healing, uh, you know, the sick, all the things that he did. And this is what scripture says. This is in Matthew when Jesus is teaching and there's that paralytic, right? And his friends bring him uh, to Jesus and they can't get to him. So they lower him through the roof. I love this story. Bring him to his feet and Jesus heals him just like that. And Matthew 9, 8 says, when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such an authority to a man. Matthew 15 kind of sums this up as well. It says, great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. And the people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, and the crippled made well, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel. All of the things that Jesus did in his life and in his ministry, they weren't for himself. 
or for his own glory. The result is always that eyes are pointed to the Lord, always. People are in awe and they glorify him. Jesus' whole life, the all things, all seasons that we're talking about, including his death on the cross, for you and for me, they were all about pointing to the Father and his glory and his way. And I think of my prayers for so many things in my life where I've tossed around this scripture, this Romans 8.28, like, God, I trust you, that you're going to work everything out for my good, when really what it is is that I have assigned my own good to this scenario. When Jesus is praying in the garden, and he's wrestling and he's struggling with what is about to happen in this really difficult season of his life, and he's praying, it says in Matthew 26, 39, going a little farther, he fell on his face and he prayed saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In other words, God, here's what I think would be good, but ultimately I'm letting you assign what is good here. I'm fully submitted. If Jesus is saying, God, I trust that you're working things out for my good, and I know I'm called to your purpose, he knew that the good that God was going to assign to that was that he die. It doesn't feel very good. It does not feel like a good ending that you're working all things out for my good if we're looking down here. But when we get our eyes up and we see with a bigger perspective, we see that God's good that he assigned to that really hard season for Jesus led to the rescue of the world. So we have to look, we have to get our perspective up. We have to see, this is why God says in Romans 8, 29, that it's good that you look like Jesus, that you think like him, that your perspective is the same perspective as Jesus, that when people encounter you, that they, it's like they've connected with Jesus. We have to make sure that we're not looking at our outward situation, the circumstances around us to see if God's worked anything out for our good. We have to make sure that we're looking inward to see if we're being changed on the inside. That is God's good. The good God is working out for you may actually be something he's doing in you. This is why whatever season that you're in, it is good. If you come out of it saying, you know, this is how I'm more like Jesus. This is how I learned to be more Christ-like because you are called to his purpose and his purpose is his glory. So when you look like Jesus, you glorify the Lord and people encounter God through you and they're saved. They're drawn back to the Lord. So if you're in a challenging season of your life right now, I get it. I really do. I'm not saying that this is like super easy or anything like that, but you've got to let God assign what is good. You have to come to him with your trust and say, I trust that you're working things out for my good, but I'm going to let you assign what is good and I'm going to be okay with it. So today's about navigating the challenging seasons of our life well. It's about letting God work things out for the good, for his purpose to make the seasons of our life matter. Don't you want to come to the end of your hard season and be like, look what God did. Even if it doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like, look what God did. And look how he's using me. So from Romans 8, 28, we've learned, number one, that God's purpose is his glory. Number two, his good is that I become more like Jesus. And the last thing that I think we can pull out of Romans 8, 28 is simply number three, my life is not about me. 
It's just not about me. The summary of the whole passage in Romans is that when you're a Christ follower, this is a promise for you. That all of the seasons of your life have meaning. And this gives me hope because sometimes when you're in a season, you can't imagine that anything good can come of it. I, I, sometimes I still have a hard time imagining that, that there could be good that come of it. But I have to get outside of this space where I'm so, I'm, I'm viewing this in such a small way. I've isolated. I have to get a, a bigger view. I have to understand that there's a purpose that God wants to assign to it. My life is not about me. It's about you. Your life is about the person sitting next to you. It's about the neighbors and nations we talked about. My life is about being used for God's purpose, which is the rescue of the people that he loves, the people that don't know him. Your life has such meaning. Your difficult seasons have massive purpose because they are attached to his purpose. And the current season you're in, if it's hard, I know. I know that it's hard. And I'm not taking anything away from that because hard seasons are really hard. But if you will allow him to, God will assign it so much purpose. He will make it matter. He will give it meaning for the kingdom. You know, earlier I shared that story about um, us waiting for a job breakthrough for Jesse. You know, I was praying, Lord, work this out for your good. Work this out for your good. Seven years, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And um, he did open a door for Jesse eventually to have a job. And you know what? It was a better job than any of the ones he had applied for because God's just kind like that. But that wasn't the good. That wasn't the good that God had assigned to us in that season, that he had assigned to that situation. The good was that in the waiting, he transformed our minds. We learned to be content in the Lord. We learned, we finally said, God, if... And it's really funny because as soon as this happened, it was like, just do you remember this? It was just like a couple of months uh, after we just said, you know what? I think God has something else for us here. What if we dig in our heels and instead of wishing it away, we figure out what is it that he wants us to learn? And he taught us about tithing. He taught us about being content that if this was all that he had for us, would it be enough? Yes, it would. We would still serve him. We would still love him. We would still do all the things we're supposed to do. And we come out of that season with a testimony that we use all the time to talk to people who are going through a difficult season. And I don't say to them, you know, just wait it out. Just wait it out. Just a season. I say, let God teach you something right here where you are. Learn every single thing that God wants to teach you because he's going to use it for his glory. And that is a testimony that makes you look more like Jesus that helps others know him better. I skipped way ahead in my notes. I want to reread the scripture, and uh, I, want to, I want to put it in my, in, in my own words. Don't, be, don't think I'm like trying to rewrite the Bible. Don't get mad at me or anything like that. This is still a good church. Um, but I, this, is a, this is like a, a, a teaching strategy where I, that I would teach my students. If you want to try to really understand something, dig in for the meaning and then reword it so it makes sense to you. So this is Romans 8, 28, and 29, EHV, Emily Hanks version. And I know with unshakable confidence and trust that because I love God, he works in every season of my life to make me more like his son, Jesus Christ. 
because my calling is to his purpose, which is his own glory. When I learn to live like Jesus, people see his glory and they are drawn to it and they are saved. And that, amen. We learn that God has chosen to partner with us in his plan for salvation. We look at this and we see that if we allow God to use our circumstances that are hard, he will change us from the inside out to be more like Jesus and make his name known to every person in your sphere of influence. And what I want to make sure that you know is that what I'm not saying is that you should just give up. Like whatever season that you're in that you're waiting on a breakthrough or of some sort, you shouldn't just give up hope. That's not, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that while it's hard, it can still be good. And you can still learn something. Don't waste a second of your challenge wishing it away. Learn everything that you can. Let God assign the good. This is why when you're going through a challenging season, you can still have joy. You can still show up to church and serve with joy and smile. And it's not fake. It's not fake at all because it's a responsibility. This is an assignment that we have as believers to conform to the image of Jesus, to be more like his son, to reflect his image, to represent him well. The season of life that you're in matters. It is not wasted in the kingdom of God. We understand that our lives are not about us. It's about everybody else. And if we allow God to teach us to be more Christ-like, he will use it for his glory. Let's stand together. So just to wrap this up a little bit, I wanna give you three things quickly. Just a summary. Number one, don't waste your difficult seasons by wishing them away. Don't rob yourself of the blessing of what God wants to work out in you for his purpose. This is the difference in coming to the end of a difficult season and being like, whew, I'm glad that's over, moving on, or coming to the end of a difficult season and saying, I wouldn't trade a second of that. That was awful and hard, but I am who I am right now because of it. And God gave me a testimony to use. I'm more equipped and I'm stronger now because of what I learned in that season. Number two, let God assign the good. Don't come to your prayer closet with your trust in the Lord that is based solely off of if he, if the outcome is the good that you've already decided in your mind. Let the good be what God assigns to your situation. And number three, represent God well in all things. Understand that as a believer, you are called to a purpose, which is his glory. It's not fake to have joy in the midst of your challenges because we can know, man, this is so hard, but I know God is doing something. I want to learn it. I want to soak it up. I want to be more Christ-like. I want to make it matter. And this is how you do that. And so whatever season of life that you're in today, Maybe you have just been closing your eyes and real tight and holding your breath, just waiting for it to be over. God has more for you than that, way more for you. It doesn't mean it's not hard, but that's not the kind of people that we're called to be as believers. If you're waiting on a healing, if you're waiting on a breakthrough, if you're just in a tough parenting season, 
a relationship that's a mess, you're hoping you'd be reconciled, a financial breakthrough you're waiting on, let God assign good to it. Don't waste a single second. Dig in your heels. This is how you make the seasons of your life matter that are difficult. So I just wanna pray for you today. If you'll just close your eyes for just a minute, just so that, you know, this is just a private moment. I would really love to pray for you if you feel like you're in a really difficult season of your life. And this is not just for the men. This is, I mean, this is not just for the women. This is for the men too, because this doesn't exclude you. This is, all of us go through difficult seasons. Raise your hand if you feel like you're in a difficult season of life that you really want the Lord to use. You want to let him assign the good to it. You want to let him make it matter for the kingdom. Yeah. We're all in this together, everybody. Life is hard, seasons are hard, but God has a good he wants to assign to it. I wanna pray for you right now. God, thank you that you're so kind that you would use us in your plan for salvation. Lord, we first of all just give you glory. You're so good and you're so faithful. Even in the hard seasons, you're faithful. Even in the hard seasons, you're good. You never change. And I pray, Lord, that each person in here that is going through a challenging season that feels like how long, God, that their perspectives will change, that their minds will change, that their eyes would be lifted up to a higher perspective and that they would see what is it you're trying to work out in them. Lord, make us more like your son. In every season, make us more like Jesus. Use us for your glory. Make our seasons matter. And I do pray for every person in here that's waiting for a breakthrough, that's waiting for a job breakthrough, a healing, waiting for a baby, financial, whatever it is, God, that you would see their heart today, that you'd minister to right to them right now in this moment, Lord. They would feel your love and kindness. And Lord, that you would make the season of their life matter. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, everybody, come on. Let's really thank the Lord for that word this morning. You know, just remain standing with me for uh, just a moment. Thank you, Emily. Um, Yeah, I don't know if you noticed that there was um, a lot of theology packed into those two verses. The scripture says those he foreknew, he predestined. And foreknowledge and predestination, and people have argued about that for centuries, about what does that mean. I, 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 I want to tell you what it means. It means God knew you before you were born, before you were ever a thought. God knew you, and he chose you. And some of you are like, well, maybe I'm not really that interested in God. Can I just say this? If you're in here today, are you watching online and there's just one little remote interest that maybe you have? Maybe I should try God. Maybe I should open my life up a little bit. Maybe I should pray. This is God's hand on your life, and he's working on you. I know, Emily said it earlier, that some of you might be here because 
your mom really wanted you to come to church today. I love how moms leverage on Mother's Day their families to show up at church. It's like a preacher's dream. I'm like, I'm working with her, right? You know, the mom. And But, you know, maybe it's time for you to have your own encounter with God here today. And I want to pray for you. If you're away from God or maybe maybe you once as a kid were in church, but now you got so many questions and so much conflict. Can I just tell you that gentle voice in your mind, it's the Lord. That little tug in your spirit, that's the Lord. That, that emotional response while worship is happening, it's the Lord. Because in his foreknowledge, he's working in your life to bring you to him. And I'll just say this, how, does thing, how do things conform? Almost always conforming comes through pressure. And she preached a great sermon. I'm not going to preach it. She did it great. But just think about it. The pressure that maybe you're experiencing is meant to conform you into what God wants you to be. And it starts with you coming to know Christ, having your sins forgiven, being set free from your rebellion. And so she did it. I'm going to do it again. We just give us a moment. Bow your heads. I want people to have an opportunity to respond to the call of God. If you're in here and you want to know God in a real and powerful way, would you just pray this with me? In fact, hey, everybody, let's do a congregational prayer. Would you just pray this out loud with me? And maybe for some, it'll be the first time. Would you say, God, I need you in my life more than anything else? I need you. I've got lots of questions, a lot of experiences, but I know you're drawing me to you. I'm ready to stop resisting. I'm turning from my rebellion and I'm turning to you. So Lord, would you forgive me for my sin? I surrender my life to your purpose. I want to be right with God. I want to be saved from my sin. And by faith, I believe that you're hearing me. And by faith, I know that you'll help me. And by faith, I know that you'll change me. So I give you my heart. Everything that I am, everything that I have, everything I ever will be, I surrender to you. Your purpose in me for your glory. Come on, if you prayed that prayer, I'm just telling you, God heard it, and God is responding to you right now today. Amen. They say, Pastor Ron, is it that simple? Yeah, it almost always is. It's just that simple. It's just you say, I'm trusting you. I believe. I'm surrendering. And God, he really starts working. And so, uh, ladies, hey, everybody, all the ladies, whether you're a mom 
now, a grandmom, a great-grandmother, if you are a female hoping to become a mom, we're praying for you. We're believing God that today will be your special day. Amen? But I want us just to end the day by just, as a congregation, just worshiping Him, giving glory to Him, because that's our purpose, right? We're not going to assign purpose. He's going to assign purpose. So come on, Sean. Let's just worship to God. so good to be together this 
this morning, uh, Mother's Day, and we want to encourage you, hey, if, if you're here this morning and you just want to pray with someone or talk with somebody, please come uh, up here to the front and, and talk with us. We really want to, to see God move in your life, but it's been a wonderful time together. Hope you enjoy your afternoon. Happy Mother's Day. I uh, will see you guys later.